Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. The Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll conclude our study of the book of 1 John. In previous episodes, we have talked about the characteristics of light and how they help us to understand what it means to be a child of God. John tells us that for us to be a child of God, we have to walk in the light. He uses this metaphor to help us understand better what's expected of us. And that metaphor, it seems to be intentionally very rich and deep and and be dripping with meaning. And we've talked about uh, the fact that light shines, it radiates. And it seems to be from John's teaching that when he talks about light shining from us, he's talking about the way that we give and receive love. He has talked about being enlightened by the light of love so that we can know certain things. He's told us that light highlights or accents the work of God so that we can participate in it. And we've looked at the idea that life shines light or illuminates our path so that we can make the right choices, so we can take the right steps to stay on the path. In this episode, I want us to deal with the fact that light reveals things to us. If we're looking for our car keys in a totally dark room, it may be difficult to find them. If we have dropped a quarter on the floor, it may be hard to find exactly where we should reach for that. But if we turn the light on, it's obvious to us right away. And we even talk in terms of people being in the dark when they can't see something that is obvious to the rest of us. Listen to what John says in 1 John 5, verse 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. John says there is a victory for those that are born of God. That they are able to overcome the world. And he says, what is this victory that has overcome the world? Well, it's our faith. Now, what I told you is we're going to talk about how light reveals this. And John will touch on this theme in multiple places in his letter and help us to see what faith actually looks like, how love plays into that, so that we can see that we have a victory. We're coming through a very tumultuous time in our society, and there are a lot of people that uh, are fearful that the world is going to overcome us, that somehow uh, Christianity may be affected by uh, one political party or another, and there's a lot of hand-wringing and fear and anxiety. And what John says is, no matter what's going on in the world, it can't overcome us. In God, we have overcome the world, and that victory is our faith. So let's look and see how love plays into this so that we can clearly see the victory that is ours and not be burdened with the anxiety that some have that may find themselves in the dark. First of all, let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. 
John writes there, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. A couple of things I want us to notice about this verse. First of all, we're talking about the idea of faith being the victory. Here in this verse, it did not use the word faith, it used the word belief. If we were speaking in Greek, those would be the same word. When we translate them into English, often the noun version of that word is translated faith, and the verb form of that word is translated believe. But they mean the same thing. And in Greek, it means more than just a mental assent or agreeing in my mind that God might be right about this. This is a firm conviction, a belief that's so deep a trust, if you will, that is so deep that it causes me to act on it. Faith is not just something we think. It's something that affects how we act. And so when John says that faith is our victory, part of what he means is in this chapter 4, verse 16, that faith is trusting that God loves us. Do we put trust in that? Not just do we think that it's true in our minds, but do we live life knowing that we are cared for and that someone deeply loves us and is going to do what's best for us? Do we really put our trust there or are we tempted to search for love in other places? Or as the 70s song said, look for love in all the wrong places. The faith that has our victory is a trusting that God loves us. But it's not just that. There are other things that John mentions that give us different perspectives on this faith and different facets of what it means to have faith in God. A second one is that we trust that Jesus is the begotten Son of God. We trust that God loves us and that Jesus was his Son. Look at what John says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. And then four verses later in 1 John chapter 5, verse 5, John writes, Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the very next verse from when John said, our faith is the victory. What is faith? It is trusting that Jesus is the Son of God. I trust that God loves me in 416, and I trust that Jesus is the Son of God in the first part of chapter 5. But a little later in that same chapter, chapter 5, verse 10, John writes this, Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. So not only do we put our trust in the fact that God loves us and put our trust in the fact that Jesus is his Son, we trust the testimony that God has given about Jesus is true. There are a lot of people who seem to try to shape Jesus into their image or into an image of a Jesus they're comfortable with. But what has God said about Jesus? Do we believe that testimony? And do we trust that? Is that the notion that drives our actions? John also says this faith is a trust that walking in love is the only way to feel the commands of God. 
In chapter 3, verse 23, John writes, And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. So in chapter 5, verse 5, faith is believing Jesus is the Son of God. In this passage, we're told, yes, it's absolutely believing in the name of the Son of Jesus, and that belief causes us to love one another. Do I really put my trust in the fact that walking in love is the only way I can feel God's commandments? So many of us think that technically we can be correct and be okay, but we're taught by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 that without love, none of the things we do for God have any meaning. They're empty. Do we trust that loving God, walking in love, is the only way I can feel His commandments? If I seem to think and seem to act in ways that show all that matters is being technically correct, but I don't have compassion for others, there's an emptiness to what I'm doing, and that's not faith. That's putting faith in my own ability to game the system, not in going about things the way that God has called me to. But there are a couple of other things that we trust absolutely when we have this faith that is a victory. The next one I want to point out is in chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. John writes, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Do we trust that the darkness is passing away? What it means to have faith that is the victory is to trust that this darkness is passing away. When we let the light shine from us, right, that true light, when it's shining in darkness, when we are giving and receiving love, it radiates a light that should let us know, put absolute trust in the fact that the darkness is passing away. I've talked to so many people over the last several years who who are almost crippled by a sense of impending doom. And it really doesn't matter which political party they're a part of. They think the other side is going to sabotage their good life in a way that keeps them from actually living their good life because they're afraid of what might come. Do we believe that in Christ and in walking in his light of love that the darkness will be driven out? Or do we think we have to do something else? Are we making it dependent on who wins an election or what kind of job we have or how much money we have in our bank account? Are we trusting in other things other than our capacity to love to drive out the darkness? Because that leads us to something that John doesn't actually say, but it's implied in everything he has said. And it's something that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 8. He said, love never ends. Or in some translation, it says, love never fails. Love always gets the job done because it never stops. Do we really trust that love is going to win the day? We have a victory, and if we have that love in us, it's easy to see the victory. If love is not apparent in us, it may be difficult for us to see how that's going to work. We may be afraid that we'll get taken advantage of, that someone's going to hurt us if we care too much. We may think that justice may not be meted out if we show compassion to other people and and that they may get away with something. 
But God has said he'll take revenge on anyone that needs that. What he's called us to do is love because love never fails. Love never ends. It keeps on going. When we have that love in us, it becomes very easy to see our victory. In John's letter, there are a couple of other things that he says light reveals. And they're all things that together help us to see what makes life complete. So many people walk around wondering what's the meaning, where's their direction, what's their purpose. When we have love shining in us, it reveals something. It reveals to us what makes life complete. A couple of aspects that John touches on is the fact that in Jesus, we have a full and rich life. John says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. Now, when you tie this into something that this same John quoted Jesus as saying when he wrote his gospel in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, certainly I'm convinced that this life is something that's eternal, and we're going to talk about that. But in the context of what Jesus is saying here, he's not telling people that they have to wait for that life. When they trust in him, when they follow him, you can have a, a rich and full life. Now, I do want to be clear that that may not mean a big bank account. It may not be a fancy car. It may not be a big house. But it will be full of the things that make life important and complete. A sense of purpose, a sense of belonging, a sense of being loved and an opportunity to show love, a a security, a a safety, a, a sense of direction. All of these things that make life complete and full are available in Christ. The light reveals that. We can't find that apart from love. Now, following on that theme, John lets us know that this new life, this rich, full, abundant life, is ushering in a new age. Uh, 1 John 2, verse 25. And this is the promise that he has made to us, eternal life. Now, when we first hear that, we may automatically think life that goes on forever. There is an aspect of that uh, that's wrapped up in this term, but the, the literal term is life in the new age. This new life that we're experiencing, and as it spreads, is ushering in a new age. 1 John chapter 5, starting in verse 11, says, And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, or life in the new age, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have life in the new age or eternal life. Again, John is not saying that if you believe in Jesus, you will get something in the future. He's saying if you're in Christ, you're in this new age. 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him, or this, this life in the new age. 
Now, when I use that phrase, I'm not talking about the new age uh, kinds of things that we see in our society now that uh, are often very mystical and things like that. This is life in a new era or a, a, a new way of keeping time. But John does make sure that we understand that this life in the new age, once we're a part of it, is something that goes on forever. First John chapter 2, verse 17, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. If you are a part of life in this new age, that takes root now. I can experience it now, but it is something that will not end. And we're actually promised in Scripture at some point it will be purified so that there is no evil in it at all. But there is a, a warning in John's writing. He makes sure that we know that achieving this life in the new age that goes on forever cannot be accomplished if we're in love with this world. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16 say, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. If you are so fixated on the things of this world that those things are driving your decision making and you have not given your life totally to God, you're not experiencing this life in new age. As a matter of fact, you can't even see it. You're left in the dark. When we learn to love God and we learn to love others, we develop a faith or a trust that this love is going to overcome everything. That faith is our victory. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.